0: Welcome to mini episode 316 of Real Life Ghost Stories. And I have three spooky stories for you today. And the last story comes from October the 21st, 2023. And story number one comes from Edward. I work in downtown LA, close to a place called Skid Row, surrounded by all the big buildings and hotels. One night I was working very late at night and I was the only one in the office. Our office building was on the second story, which had a balcony. And a lot of homeless people and drug addicts flood the area, so seeing them around was nothing new. I was getting ready to shut down my computer and head home for the night. It was a dark, rainy December evening, a few days away from Christmas in 2020. As I was getting ready to turn off the lights, I saw what appeared to be a woman in an all-red hooded sweater walk by my office window. She did not look in, she just had her head down and walked by. We were the second to last office on the tier, so unless she had the gate code to get to the other side, I knew she wasn't going to go far. As I lost sight of her, I waited a few seconds to see if she would come back the other way, realizing she had nowhere else to go, and head back the way she came and leave the premises. But she didn't return. I realised I forgot to print one document on my computer, so I went back to my computer. I didn't turn the lights back on because I was just going to do a quick print. I noticed the girl in the red hoodie returned, head down, walking, but this time she stopped in front of my office door. My blinds were half open so I figured she had seen the glow of the computer and knew I was in there. She turned to my office door, still with her head down, and raised her right hand as if she was getting ready to knock on the door. Me being in the Christmas spirit, which I normally would never do, I walked over to the door thinking maybe she needed help or a few dollars. As I got to the door I unlocked it and opened it and no one was there. My stomach dropped. I looked up and down the tier and no one was there. This had me shook. There was no way she could have disappeared that quickly. I quickly shut the door and locked it as I was going back to my computer to finish my print. All of a sudden the computer shut down on its own. The lights in the office flickered on and off three times and stayed off. I quickly grabbed my stuff and got the hell out of there. All night I was tossing and turning in bed wondering what the hell happened. Was I hallucinating? Was someone playing a trick on me? I knew we had security cameras, so the first thing I did the next morning was log in to check the cameras. There was no footage of anything. Not even me opening the door. It seems the camera went out and stopped recording about 10 minutes prior to when all this happened, and didn't begin recording again until later on in the night. For months I was going back and forth with myself, thinking if my mind just made all this up. But why would the cameras stop recording? It just didn't make sense. So at the end of it I just came to the conclusion that I'm probably just going crazy and my mind made all this up so get over it and move on. A few months had passed. It was mid-March and I began hearing about this new documentary that people were going crazy about. It was called The Vanishing in the Cecil Hotel, I was interested to see it because this place was walking distance from where I work. When I saw it, my heart stopped. I saw the young girl in the elevator in a red hooded sweater. And that was the girl outside my office that night. I am certain of it. My mind started racing and it came to my mind. The reason I didn't see her after the first time she walked by is right before the gate to get to the other side, there was an elevator. She must have been in there. I believe that's what attracted her. The story of Elisa Lam is that she passed away in 2013. She drowned mysteriously in the water tank of the Cecil Hotel. The last footage of her was inside an elevator and she seemed to be communicating with something. Until this documentary came out I have never seen or heard anything about this. I know it's hard to believe but I know that that was the spirit of Elisa that I saw that night. Edward, this story gave me the heebie-jeebies if I'm working in the office on my own late at night I mean I wouldn't be because I'd be too scared I'd be way too scared and I think it takes great bravery to work in the office on your own at night time because I feel like offices are those kind of spaces where during the day it's like bustling full of life not scary at all and then at night time when there's nobody there and it's suddenly very scary I just I wouldn't I wouldn't enjoy it I don't think I'm pretty sure LA as a city has like the second largest homeless population in the US so I could totally understand how you're working close to Skid Row and And you see this girl that you don't know with a hoodie up late at night coming into the office. I think all of our first assumption would be that it was a homeless person who had come in for whatever reason, looking for shelter, looking for food, looking for a few dollars, whatever it was. But the fact that you didn't just see her once blows my mind. The fact that she walked away and then came back and looked as if she was going to go knock on the door and then you open the door and there's nobody there. That's wild. And it was clearly something that you... Wrestled with in your brain for a while afterwards, went and checked the CCTV footage, the whole lot. It's clearly something that deeply impacted you and you couldn't find an explanation for, right? And I'm sort of stating the obvious there because you explained that in your story. But I think it's important to point out that you went to try and find a logical explanation. That's how much this rattled you. If you just thought it was a person coming into the office, like a human living person coming into the office, you wouldn't need to go and find a rational explanation, you know, because you'd be like, oh, it's just somebody who wandered in. This story actually makes me feel really sad. Um, The Elisa Lam case was one of those cases that when I was sort of in my late teens, early 20s, it was like a big, big news story. And the footage of the elevator was, you know, big news. And people were speculating that she was possessed or she was communicating with spirits etc cetera, etc cetera. when actually I think she was you know fundamentally she was a mentally unwell girl who I believe in my opinion had some sort of episode and I, I don't I don't understand how she ended up in the water tank but that's where she ended up and it's incredibly sad because she was young and traveling and vibrant and full of life and all of those things and it just makes me really sad and this has made me even sadder to think that she's you know that she's her soul is I don't know wandering around i think i just need to tell myself that this is like uh, an echo through time a residual energy rather than her spirit or soul or whatever you want to call it and you know what edward i think maybe maybe there's an importance here in recognition and seeing something acknowledging it recognizing that it's there and then later recognizing oh my god i think this was the spirit of elisa lam that i saw because maybe that's important, you know? Maybe just the recognition and the acknowledgement is what's important. Although, don't work in the office again late at night. <laughs> Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at Bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com spoken today. And story number two comes from Lorna. When my mom was pregnant with me, her granddad, my great-granddad Philip, always said to my mum that I was going to be something special. He said to mum as she went for her gender scan that I'd be a girl and I indeed am a girl. My due date was the 11th of November and when mum told him the due date he shook his head and said no, she'll be born on the 15th of November and share her birthday with me. The 11th of November comes and goes and he's adamant that I will arrive on the 15th. On the 14th of November at around 10.45pm Mum went into labour and I was born at 4.45am on the 15th of November, just as Grandad said. I was always very clingy with him, even when I was a baby. I wouldn't settle unless I was with him. I would constantly want him to hold me, etc, etc. When I was two, he got very sick. And the night he died, he was taken into hospital with apparently severe chest pains, which turned out later to be a heart attack. Great granddad lived with us at my grandparents' house as we all lived together, but being two years old, I don't remember anything but very vivid memories. My mum recalls that I was in my cot when granddad Philip went to hospital and he was in a lot of pain. I woke up screaming, thrashing around, saying, as well as a two year old can, Mummy, my chest hurts. This continued for hours, and no matter what she tried to do, I wasn't having any of it. A few hours of this passed, and it was very early hours of the morning when the phone rang. Nan answered it and it was the hospital asking her to come in as my great granddad didn't have long left. Another two hours passed and I'm still crying, thrashing around, saying mummy my chest hurts. Then according to my mum, I sat up quietly, again said as well as I could, my chest doesn't hurt now, bye bye, and I went to sleep. Whilst mum thought nothing of it, ten minutes later Nan called to say granddad Philip had passed away. Mum asked how long ago, and Nan answered around 10 minutes ago. This spooked my mum, but she's always been very into ghostly things, so she thought there must be some kind of spiritual connection between me and my great granddad Philip. Over the years, until now, I've always felt this very warm, loving presence around me. On my birthday, I always wish him a happy birthday too. I've seen his reflection behind me, smiling in windows and mirrors. If I'm sat downstairs in my nan's living room, I hear footsteps in what was his bedroom. It's always a lovely feeling. Whilst this isn't a particularly scary or creepy story, it's something I hold close to me. Having a feeling that my great-granddad is still with us, just in a different way. I think as a society, we always think of soulmates as like romantic soulmates, you know, like a Two people in a relationship, soulmates meant to be together, etc, etc. But I think soulmates can happen outside of romantic relationships. I think they can happen in familial relationships and platonic relationships and friendships. I think soulmates can be, you know, they can be with anybody. It doesn't just have to be with a romantic partner. And I think we've had so many stories on the podcast that sort of show this. That some people have this kind of, I don't know, spiritual connection to another person for whatever reason. And it's like your great-granddad Philip knew that spiritual connection was there. He must have felt it too before you even arrived to be able to say, it's going to be a girl, she'll be born on this day. she's going to share a birthday with me, etc, etc. And then it happens. And we look at stories of twins where they, you know, feel each other's pain or feel the emotion that the other twin is feeling. And why can't it happen with people who aren't twins? I really think it does sometimes. I mean, look at you at two years old saying, my chest hurts, I'm in pain having all those feelings and obviously at two years old you're not going to understand or know that your grandfather is in the hospital or understand or know why he's in the hospital but still you felt all of those things that presumably he was feeling too and then then you said my chest doesn't hurt now goodbye oh I mean it's so I'd be terrified of you if you were my child but also it's very lovely and our final story today comes from Lauren I have sleep hallucinations, hypnopompic hallucinations. So sometimes I see terrifying things such as people like bumps coming towards me under my duvet or once I saw a demonic face appear out of the darkness. I also see funny things like geese at the end of my bed snapping at my toes. Believe me, it's funny compared to the more horrifying ones. However, I feel like sleep and dreams have a significance to me and I sometimes wonder if my hallucinations may be more... My earliest memory of a hallucination was seeing a merman floating in my bedroom doorway as a small infant. I called my mom and told her about the merman. She told me it was just a dream and off back to sleep I went. The second time I remember seeing something that I'm not sure was real or paranormal when I was a small child, maybe 4 or 5. I had a lot of issues with my teeth due to being asthmatic. I had to have my baby teeth removed and my mom brought me into the dental hospital so I could be put to sleep to have the teeth taken out. I remember lying in the dentist's chair and I was dreaming. I dreamt me and my mom were walking to the shop to buy sweets when I heard a voice calling my name. Lauren. Lauren. It was the dentist waking me up. He woke me up and sat me up and made sure I was okay. After a bit I remember clear as day being sat on a padded bench in the dentist's room. I looked beside me, and another girl, older than me, and a boy probably my age, were sitting beside me. I knew we were waiting for our mams to come and get us, but we weren't saying much. When my mam came to get me, I was the first to leave. I never thought much of it, until years and years later. I mentioned to my mam how it was weird other kids were in the dentist's procedure room. Why would they have other children just sitting there watching me having my teeth taken out? I may have been still out of it from whatever they gave me to take my tooth out, but I was aware of everything, and maybe I was just hyper-aware of the possible two ghost children who kept me company after a big procedure for a little girl. My next encounter I share with my brother. This needs a little bit of explaining so the event makes sense. He's not my actual little brother, he's my cousin's son. But in Irish fashion I adore the skin and bones of him so much that the title My Cousin's Son doesn't cut it so he's my little brother. I've never liked his mom's apartment. I always got a feeling when I was in it. I've had a lot of disturbing dreams about entities in that apartment, especially in my little brother's room. There's 12 years between me and him, and when he was about three, I regularly babysat him. This particular night, my cousin, his mom, was going to be away for the night. When I got to her apartment, he was already asleep. He knew I would be there, but I was worried that he'd potter into his mam's room, as babies usually do during the night, and get a fright when he saw me and not his mam. So I couldn't sleep properly as I was listening out for him. The time came when I heard him stir and heard his little bare feet pitter-patter up the wooden floored hallway. I had my back to the door and feet out from under the covers. Mistake number one. I said to myself, just lie down, don't sit up out of the bed or it'll frighten him. He came into the room and something was off. The energy in the room was tense and angsty. I heard him walk around the end of the bed, and then he just stopped. I felt a little finger run its little nail up the middle of my foot like a tickle. I jumped out of the covers as it gave me a fright and scoldingly said his name. But he wasn't in the room, I was alone. In so pure terror. I ran into his room, and there he was, sleeping soundly, not a bother on his little face. I could have vomited with the shock. I didn't sleep for the rest of the night and have always been apprehensive to stay there. Something has always told me it was a little girl who came to tickle my foot and initiate me into the Keep Your Feet Under the Sheets club. I told his ma'am, and she laughed. Her own mother's house has had very weird stuff happen, and I've experienced weird stuff in it too. But they're the stories for another day. He's twenty and I'm thirty two. Only this year I told him about what happened. He was astounded and said to his ma'am, That's mad. I've always said there was something weird in our house. I've seen loads of weird things. A medium once told his nanny a little girl and an old man protect him. So who knows? Maybe a little curious soul wants to know what would happen if she tickled the foot of a babysitter. I've heard you talking about the hat man a few times. And I've met him. An ex's granddad passed away many, many moons ago. My ex lived in the grandparents' home and I stayed over regularly. One night I woke up. The moon was dimly lighting the room, but my eyes were drawn to the corner. In the corner was a shadow. The distorted shadow of a man wearing a top hat. I couldn't make out the details of his face, just the outline of him with the top hat, of course. I was freaked out but not afraid. I saw him another two or three times. Where this takes a turn is obviously the nanny was grieving her husband. Shortly after my visits from Top Hat Man she started having night terrors and would wake up screaming no get out. My ex would always run in to comfort her. They put it down to the grief but she was asked what her nightmares were about and she said when she woke up in the night there was a man wearing a hat standing at the end of the bed. I told my ex I had seen him too and I got scolded for it. I think it frightened him. So I kept my mouth shut and never saw the hat man again. My last story is slightly more heartwarming. I had a cat years ago, a black cat. Her name was Chloe and I adored her. At one point we had a running joke that there was a ghost cat in the house along with my Klobo. Sometimes my dad would let Chloe out the front door, walk straight to the kitchen and she would be waiting at the back window. Not a chance she ran that fast around our block of houses. Or my dad would let her out of the house and maybe 20 or 30 minutes later she would be back in again. He wouldn't have let her in and couldn't remember letting her in, so either Chloe had mad skills for squeezing her chonky, overfed self through the letterbox, or there was some weird stuff going down. We nicknamed this MacGyver shadow cat Ghost Cat, very original. One day I was alone at home with Chloe. I was on the phone to my friend and I walked down the stairs into the front room and Chloe was sitting on a stool. I stood at the stool looking at her while I chatted away. Then I heard a thump at the end of the stairs. The stairs is in the hallway a good bit behind me, and like all stairs, one of the steps has its own signature sound, and our last step was it. I swung around to see what it was, and to my utter shock, Chloe had casually sauntered off the bottom step. I gasped out loud and immediately looked at what was on the stool. There was nothing there. I had just been beside her, looking at her on the stool within arm's reach needless to say this confirmed at least to me that we did indeed have a ghost cat i saw the ghost cat numerous times she would always be off to the side or you'd catch her in the corner of your eye curled up sleeping sadly my chloe passed away a few years back now i was only short of climbing into the little grave that we dug out my back garden with her she comes to visit in my dreams and it's always such a loving warm and comforting experience it feels like nothing else I know it's her checking in on me and letting me know that she's okay. We jokingly call real Chloe ghost Chloe now. Since Chloe died, I don't see the ghost cat anymore. But I have heard her purr outside my bedroom door during the night. I hope my experiences help others to feel comforted and know that you're not crazy. And clearly I'm such a hoot to be around even ghost children, ghost top hat men and ghost cats are just lining up to ensure that I never have another sound night's sleep for the rest of my life hypnopompic is such a good word hypnopompic hallucinations what a phrase and I totally see your conundrum like you know you have these hallucinations of like you know geese at the end of your bed snapping at your toes Although that does sound really terrifying and things like a demonic face you know bumps in the bed that are people coming towards you like all of those things sound absolutely terrifying but also then when does the hallucination stop and when does it go when do you go uh, is this paranormal like were the children in the dentist office were they paranormal were they the spirits of children or was it another kind of version of a hypnopompic hallucination caused by the anesthesia I totally get what you mean by the way about your cousin's son not quite cutting it in terms of terms of endearment or terms of, of affection or describing how you feel about that family member. So little brother, that cuts it better. And your description of whatever it is, tickling the end of your bare foot makes me want to crawl inside my own skin and die because that is horrific. That was that, that no, I'd be puking with shock as well. Hideous. That is literal nightmare fuel for the people who are too afraid to keep their feet out of the sheets at nighttime. And having talked about the Hat Man so many times on this podcast, like I do wonder if the Hat Man is attracted to negative energies. And there's, you know, there's there's few things that are as negative as going through acute grief. So maybe that's why the Hat Man rocked up. I mean, again, stay away. You're not welcome, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I've called him out numerous times. He is not forthcoming with information as to the why of his behavior but you know we'll, we'll keep calling him out and see if we get anywhere and your cat sounds amazing and I, I wondered when I was reading your story I wondered if real Chloe being alive and well was keeping something ghostly company and that's why it was knocking around in your house I love a pet story when they come back in your dreams to say hey I'm okay I'm still looking out for you Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Edward, Lorna and Lauren for sending in your stories. Remember the last story came from October the 21st, 2023. And if you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for some extra content, you can subscribe to the Patreon. That is patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. anything else custom spray 5 in 1 only from rustolium